and we are recording. So good morning. We are going to have an abbreviated session this morning. Um, unless folks want to go a little bit longer, but um, what I will say is for those that need to drop at 930, uh, please do. No need to um, to apologize. We'll just know that uh, we started late, and thank you for allowing me the, the chance to offer up um, that little nugget before we got started here as well. Um, yeah, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna open up some prayer here. That's where we're going first. So, Heavenly Father, thanks for thanks for the opportunity to learn and be taught um, by you through our experiences, Father, as you're guiding us. And pray that um, this morning, as we learn from one another, Lord, that you are guiding our time and uh, just allow us to learn what it is that you'd have us learn during this time. And uh, pray that those that they can't join us firsthand here, that hear this via recording, Father, they would be blessed by. Uh, the opportunity for us to share, um, yeah, what we know is excellence here in our fourth core value at FCA, Father. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you, Lord. So we are covering our um, our fourth core value and how we evaluate our candidates as we're going through the recruiting process on those those topics there. And I don't know if anybody has the scripture um, that is associated with excellence offhand, but if somebody wants to take a quick look at the FCA four core values and, and find the scripture and just uh, let me know once you have, um, once you found that, and if you could read it to the group, that'd be great. But I, I heard this, I think at training camp, and it was the order of our core values. And whether or not they were intended this way, I'm not sure, but I appreciated how someone described this, that integrity is first and always will be. Right? We operate with integrity, so I appreciate that being the first of our four core values. But they also described that integrity plus serving plus teamwork equals excellence. And so I, I appreciate as you implement or, um, or have staff, right, teammates that operate with integrity, uh, with a servant's heart, and work as a team, the outcome and the desired outcome is, is excellence. And so does anybody... Hold up that uh, that fourth core value by chance. So it's uh, it's Colossians uh, twenty three and twenty four. It says, "Whatever you do, work heartily as for the Lord and not for men, knowing that from the Lord you will receive the inheritance as your reward. You are serving the Lord Christ." That was excellence, right? You said. Yep. Yep. Uh, thank you, Josh. And so I, I have two questions. Um, and really there's a follow-up to each one here, but we'll toss this one out here first uh, to you guys. And so first I'd ask, what qualities or characteristics do you see in your teammates for somebody who produces excellence? So again, what, what are the characteristics or qualities you see in somebody who go, wow, they operate with excellence? So I, I think a small thing, two small things, um, you know, one is, is uh, and we talk about this for our coaches all the time, is how we respond instead of react. And so I think someone who is operating in excellence, um, they're not quick to react. They, you know, whether it's a, an emotional thing or not, it's when asked a question or asked to do something, it's not just getting right after it and doing it. Mm. Sometimes it, that might be appropriate, but there's times where, you know, just take a little bit of time to think through it. Um, make sure you're looking at all different angles and, 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 you know, being efficient with your response instead of your reaction. Uh, so that's one thing I thought of. The other thing is just attention to detail. Um, you know, we do a lot of different mailings. We do, um, 
you know, we write cards to our donors, you know, spelling names right. Um, you know, uh, when you're talking about sons and daughters, you know, uh, wives, husbands, you know, making sure that you have all those details done correctly before you write a note to your donor uh, or potential donor. Uh, emails that you put out, making sure the links work, making sure, um, you know, all those little details that I think sometimes are overlooked. Um, you know, it it puts a it, it puts a perception on, on us if it's done time after time after time, you know, yeah. whether done correctly or incorrectly, there's going to be that perception, uh, you know, so if you, not that you're getting judged off one mistake, but if it's done time and time and time again, it's like, well, does this person really care? You know, or does this person really take uh, what they're doing, uh, you know, seriously? I really hope there wasn't a typo in my team snap email yesterday. So, so, <laughs> oh man, that's a guy like the, I, you know, You'll appreciate why I smiled so much when you said detail, attention to detail, uh, in a second. Other ones? I won't have as long of an explanation as um, Saul. Keep it to one word, um, but good job, Saul. Uh, organization. Ooh. I like it. Those sort of go hand in hand, it feels like. I like that one. Mark? Um, one thing that I think that exudes out of a lot of my teammates. I think all of our teammates in the Northeast is they're always conscious of the potential kingdom impact in what we're doing. Because like I, you know, not this past summer, but the summer before when the numbers for our leadership camp were coming in, we actually had discussed, you know, if we can't do it ec an excellent camp to God's, should we even bother doing one? Cause we want it to have the positive kingdom impact. Eventually, we ended up doing it and it was incredibly impactful. But I think in terms of what the line of work that we do, we have to always be conscious in, our, in what we're doing specifically and in our effort of how it's impacting the kingdom. So, somebody challenged us the other day, you know, for the lacrosse ministry, Saul. Um, what's the priority? Is it elite level teams in a club or is it ministry? And so I hope that I took time to uh, respond and not react to it, uh, but it is ministry first, right? And Mark, you were just describing, you know, are we doing it just to get kids there? Are we doing it to meet a budget? And no, it is ministry first, right? It's kingdom impact first. So I, that's another great one. Others from the group, I have three more that I, that I also added. So I love detail uh, because it fit in with my alliteration and this was not intentional, but I had really three characteristics and I love Saul's detail to follow, but drive, discipline, and dedication. Um, and by the way, those are dangerous without attention to detail. So that's sort of the, maybe the bumpers on the side there. But when I look at uh, whose ministries are, are fruitful, and by the way, that's a little foreshadowing to the next part here, but I look at people that have drive that I, um, that I covet in a positive connotation. Um, I see a level of discipline in them, whether it's their personal health, it's their spiritual health, it's how they are putting their, um, their relationships first, right, with, uh, with spouses, with their children, um, uh, with the Lord first as a part of that. And I look at dedication, and it's not just short-term drive or short-term discipline. They're dedicated to this for the long haul. Um, and so for me, I, I said, okay, so if this is 
and, and along with people that are slow to react or rather respond and the attention to detail that are organized in the way they go about it um, are searching for that kingdom impact and ministry first. So now we have a candidate and we, we've sort of painted the picture of what we want for excellence. So how do you determine whether or not a candidate is going to, is going to fit that? How would you guys go about that? Well, it reminds me of, of scripture in, in, um, in Psalm 13 where David said, but um, I trust in your unfailing love because I've seen what you've done for me in the past. I, I think when you take a look at somebody with those types of character qualities, you have to kind of look to see what they've done in the past with their spiritual walk, I think, um, and what they're moving towards in their spiritual walk. I, I, see, I can't get away from... Um how you've operated in the past is, is, is an indicator of how you're going to be in the future with one exception. And that is, you know, pre and post knowing the love of Christ in your life and accepting him. Okay. So there's a certain, you know, when we were born again, there's a certain set of things that we, we don't do going forward. And so I, I don't know if it's a pass or it's still with, with great discernment that I consider the way somebody acted before they were saved and how they are after. But, um, you know, the indicator past stock performance doesn't or past, Financial performance doesn't indicate future, right? Well, I actually think in this instance, it really does. It really does indicate. So you think about you're recruiting the next uh, athlete for your team. Uh, for those of you that have, that have coached in, in an environment where you're recruiting, um, you, you know the characteristics and qualities that you want in that next player. What do you do? You look at film. You, you take a look at what they've done before. How, the, how have they performed? What is their work ethic? What is their discipline? Um, we want somebody who is going to, and again, more foreshadowing here, but, but, you know, a disciple maker, have they done it? Do they have a desire to do that? Do they have examples of doing it? And so that's the next part where I think, okay, if they have not yet done it and we can't see that as an example, then can we figure out if they have a passion for that? Is that what they're called to do? Are they called to FCA ministry, um, and to be a disciple maker? And so I would have a lot of conversation around that piece. And I think about, um, you know, I, I have this handy, I don't have the colored one over here with notes on it, but if you guys have the, the one pager on what is FCA, right? I think about engaging, equip, equipping, and empowering coaches. I think about the two version of that and the through version of that. And, and if I, you know, if you slide this across the table to them, or maybe even prior to an interview or, you know, I'd say, hey, can you just... I want you to to um, to consume this here, right? But then play back to me how you fit in. Now, if somebody's really good at uh, you know telling you what you want to hear, you got to make sure you're discerning in those uh, examples. But you know, hey, Jeff, it really when I think about engaging coaches, that's what I do already. In fact, I have coaches coming to me right now for advice on certain things, and then I go, that's it. So so they're drawing people, and that's good. And I, I think. Uh, we want excellence for us as measured uh, in a number of different ways. But if we think of the discipleship model, one is two, two is four, four is eight, so on and so forth. Okay. Uh, fruit, right? We've talked about, I think about somebody who's, who's drawing people to them already without even having to go out and ask others. So um, other ways that you guys would uh, test for those, those uh, four D's that we came up with and then the others that were shared as well. I've got notice Psalm 13 here, Sandy, as well. 
I just was thinking, Jeff, uh, it, it, it's the, the church school answer, but, you know, and I haven't always done this, but are we praying before that interview and, you know, listing what are we looking for in this candidate and, and asking God to, you know, if, if we have that person who's just telling us what we want to hear, you know, can we, um, you know, determine that, you know, and, and asking God to, you know, lead the interview and, um, you know, show us, uh, you know, kind of let us see those traps or those, um, you know, mm. situations where they're not being completely honest. Um, you know, I think if we take the time to pray through and, and examine what we're looking for in the candidate before the interview, um, you know, I just, I think there's sometimes where you can just tell when people are sharing their passion or just sharing what we, they think we want to hear. So does anybody remember from the who book what it's called where you create something that is sort of um, the way you're going to evaluate the candidate scorecard scorecard you just nailed it all the other on two fronts one is uh, it's um it's it's going in prayer and you know i'm glad you said that and maybe it is a sunday school answer but man that's a that's a good one so it's really engaging in the process um through prayer but it's building that scorecard so Okay, the output that we're seeking, so excellence looks like this. In fact, that's the next question, so great segue as well is, first we talk about what are the qualities and characteristics. The next is, what are the outputs that you see from people that operate with excellence, okay? And so I've got a couple of examples here, so as you guys are thinking about that, so what's the output? Well, man, I'd wanna create my scorecard in such a fashion that it says, here's the outputs. You know, if we look at our keys to victory, I want to see somebody that's going to be growing huddles, uh, whether it's camper attendance and, you know, financial health of the ministry, right? So I want to build a scorecard that shows that and evaluate that person against that. So what outputs do you guys see from those that you're taking a look at? And it could be in the context of SCA ministry and your current teammates or someplace else you've been or have seen. What are the outputs of, um, of someone who operates with excellence? Jeff, I would, I would say, um, which I think is probably right at the top, is the ability to build relationships. Mm. Um, some people are, are not that comfortable with just beginning conversations with strangers. <laughs> and I think if, if someone is comfortable in that regard, just being able to talk with somebody they don't even know and, and beginning to build a relationship, I, I think that's a key factor in taking a look at what we're bringing on to ministry. Um, they have to be comfortable with relationship. Drawing people in. Yes. And, and so, cause why, well, why is that so important? You think? Well, I think it's, I think if, if you have a comfort level with people in the building of the relationship, you can have a comfort level in discussion. You're building trust. Uh, people I've found will not listen to me if they don't trust me. If they haven't seen a relationship built, um, example, last night at our fields of faith, we were walking out the door and I handed a track to the custodian and I started a conversation with her. And next thing I know, she was saying she was looking for a Sunday school to go to, but it was just a, a just a reaching out with a smile and say, Hey, would you like to take this? It was the 21 day gospel of John book. And um, the next thing you know, she was extremely thankful that somebody paid attention to her as a custodian. So I just think if you're comfortable in those situations, 
Um, it's very comfortable for us to come alongside people that we're comfortable with. Like for me, I'm comfortable with coaches. Yeah. But I think we have to be comfortable with every everybody. <laughs> I, and if we if we're good in that aspect, we'll be good at ministry. I think. So I, I think about relationships. I mean, I don't. Maybe there's a better word that describes what we do. And if there is one, you know, so please toss it out there. But it's rela- it's building relationships, as Sandy said, and being comfortable doing it with with coaches, with athletes, with um, financial partners, with board members, with volunteers, with your staff, with your superior. I mean, it's like that's that's what we do. So I, I really appreciate it. So those that are able to build relationships and trust, as a huge, I underlined that one a couple times here as well. Trust in those. Other outputs that you guys see. I was going to say pretty similar to that um, different word, but uh, same ideas. The ability to communicate, um, you know, it goes along in building those relationships. But if if I'm interviewing someone and and they really can't communicate even um, in that setting, now they might be nervous and whatever. uh, So you have to discern that. But the ability to communicate in, uh, verbally, um, over email, over, you know, like your example earlier today, Jeff, of, of in writing, things don't always come across, right? Yeah. but the willingness to, not the willingness, but the ability to discern, um, you know, does this person have discernment themselves when writing, when expressing things over a medium that doesn't have emotion or doesn't have the face to face, but all that communication stuff I think is key because people can feed the right answers to you. But if they don't have that, what Sandy's saying, that relatability and the ability to communicate at the same time, they're probably not going to be a good fit because everything we do is built on relationship. You know, if I could, if I could see your video, I could see your body language. You really appreciate what you were sharing there to a, to another level of communication. But <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I'm just kidding, right? <laughs> so, so these are good. Here, here's what I'm hearing. These are. Um, I'm going to shift us maybe a little bit more. So I still see these. Some of it is outputs. They will they will bear fruit. But maybe these are still some of the characteristics of what we're talking about. And it may have been the way that I asked the question. But what I see is outputs, because there's people, by the way, that are dedicated, that have discipline, um, that have the detail orientation and uh, have the drive. Um, But maybe it's in some ways they're working harder, not smarter, and the outputs aren't there. So that's a lot of inputs. But at the end of the day, what are the outputs? And again, we trust God with the outputs as a part of that. But if, if God has said FCA is measured in part on keys to victory, right? And so it's it's campers to get them there to pour into them, and it's coaches huddled so that we can you know make disciples as a part of that. I then also want to focus on what are the outputs. So what is what's the growth of what they've been doing? And if we're evaluating a, a candidate um, growth or success, maybe I would say. Uh, if you're evaluating a coach who's considering coming on staff or a business uh, woman or man who's coming on staff, um, you know, how have they done? How have they grown what they've done? Maybe it's somebody in a different ministry. What success have they seen in terms of growth their ministry? In other words, you know, biblically, what fruit is coming of the efforts, right, that they're putting into it? And so I thought about there's really two words um, as, as we can – be and work in our ministry and what we're called to do here. One of which is operate. 
And there are people that operate really well. And they can have those, those D characteristics, the drive, the discipline, dedication, and detail. That's great. Then there's people that are strategic and are growth-oriented. And the few words that come to me there are self-starter, uh, people that take initiative. Um, this could be at an intern level, right? This doesn't have to be at, you know, Shane Williamson and the president of, of FCA determining direction or, you know, tweaking wherever we're headed, which by the way is incredibly important, but how cool is it when you hand an intern something um, who, who is likely the least experienced of us and says, hey, can you go complete this? And they come back doing it maybe entirely different than what you anticipated, but the output is far greater than you anticipated and they just said, I thought of a different, maybe better way of doing it. I mean, that, those are the people that I want to hire, whether it's an intern or you say, hey, you know, maybe Sean gives me a project. Jeff, hey, I just had this idea, consider this. And I go back and say, you know what? I don't just do it to do it to check the box. I do it because, hey, if we're going to do it, it's worth doing right as a part of that. And so um, I guess for us, we can be introspective and evaluate how we're doing as are we operating our ministry? Or are we growing, right? Are we multiplying? Are we doing that through taking initiative, being a self-starter, taking a look at the next thing? Or are we just sort of doing the next thing that's on our list there? So same question. When you look back and we know that we want people that are, you know, that take the bull by the horns and go with it, how do you, how do you then evaluate that during the, the interview process? Well, this is a no-brainer, you know, talking to those whom they've worked with, uh, you know, supervisor, uh, colleagues, peers, and that sort of thing, and then asking for examples of them. Hey, so when, when was a project that you had that uh, you had to really uh, take, take the bull by the horns and take that over yourself, and what did that look like? And ask for those kind of examples of um, what kind of things did you do to achieve the outcome that you wanted, and what was that outcome? I, I think it's great. By the way, we are at 9.30. For those that have to drop for another meeting, um, absolutely thank you, and I apologize for starting us late. We'll probably go another two or three minutes here if folks want to hang on, and then you guys can catch up on, on video. So if I see folks drop, then uh, full permission to, to hop off. I don't want you to be late. Um, Janine, I, I'm so glad you went there on references, and, and you, you made a point here that I hadn't even thought of, which is, I guess the point I want to make, I didn't think of before, being an operator is not bad. There are chief operating officers of organizations, right? Uh, they can still be growth-oriented, but their job is to, to operate really well, to fine-tune that machine, to make sure it's running and humming just the way it needs to be, right? Um, and then there's the, those that are, you know, the CEO, the visionary, right? That's off. What's the next thing we're doing? That You need a combination of the two. However, when you speak with references, if you, get, if you call one of the three references that they give you, right, you're going to get positive feedback, but you should still take the opportunity to determine where is this person oriented? Is it to operate? Is it to grow? In this instance, there's many different things that you can look different uh, directions on. Um, and then you have the opportunity through blind references. And I had the opportunity the other day to call um, a woman. We're, we're looking uh, to hire a coach. And I had a chance to call... Um, and I, through social media, connected and said, would you be willing to, we're considering this person for a role, would you willing to talk? And, and she's a former player of his and also uh, was an assistant coach. So as a perspective of playing for and also coaching alongside. And it was so neat because 
I, I like to ask a lot of open-ended questions during those um, and allow them to, you know, I don't want to, to steer them in a particular direction, but in this instance, I got the growth side. I got that he's looking for, he's looking to leverage the platform that he has, not just to operate and coach, but rather to take it to the next level as a part of that. So um, great example. I like that one. Reference checking. Any others? So Sorry, I go back. Oh, please. Monopolize. I liked, um, and I think I heard uh, Dan actually talk about this with, with um, someone that he was talking with about a position, you know, told someone, uh, and it's more about calling and, and vision and that sort of thing, but said, hey, you know, why don't you take the weekend and pray about uh, your calling and your and where God is directing you and that sort of thing. And, and uh, I, I forget, Dan, if I'm kind of messing this up, but um, in your vision for joining the ministry and kind of giving them an assignment to go with. Now, a lot of that includes prayer and that sort of thing, but how do we find ways to give them a small assignment to see how do they come back? How do they respond to that? And how do they, um, what kind of insights do they have? And it, it doesn't have to be perfect, but you can kind of get a, a good sense of someone when they have to come back at you with something after like you said, give them that, uh, the FCA page and have them digest that and bring it back at you. So it, it is entirely fair. And Dan, great job. And Janine, thanks for sharing. It's entirely fair to ask somebody during the interview process to say, how would you tackle this? You're going to be the area director, multi-area director, campus rep, uh, whatever it may be, collegiate rep. What would you do? And you can ask sort of the, you know, what's your one to three to five year plan on this? But what, how would they tackle it? And you're looking as much, I mean, they may come up with a great plan, which by the way, you may want to leverage elsewhere. That's awesome. But you're going to learn as much about how they think and in, in in putting into it. And I think that's what we need to do. We should all be asking ourselves, what's our plan? What's our vision? We built our, um, our development plans for each of us there uh, and, and look at our areas and how we're looking to develop it. So why wouldn't we ask somebody that during the, the interview process? Absolutely. Great one. I'm sensitive to time. I could probably talk on this um, for the entire day here, at least, uh, or at least the morning. Um, I, again, words to, to finish with uh, here, self-starter, ones that take initiative, someone that's strategic in their approach. Um, they're a multiplier. Um, I think about making others better. I think to Sandy, your point about, you know, re building relationships and drawing people in um, disciple maker, if I haven't said it already, um, and we talked about the drive, the discipline, the dedication, the attention to detail, the kingdom-minded nature, the fruit is the, you know, the end result, uh, ministry first, right? Those are the types of folks there. So, um, so again, hopefully this time with you guys was, was helpful. I continue to learn in this, and I have conversations later today with candidates and look to apply some of what you guys have shared here uh, for sure. So we will kick off, we're on next Thursday again. Uh, we swapped last week with Ministry Advancement, so we'll go two in a row here for talent advancement. Um, if you guys have particular topics you want me to cover, let me know so I can prepare for them. Otherwise, I'll just start working down my list of items, some of which you guys have previously provided. So uh, with that, anybody, anybody want to close us out prayer here? I know everybody wants to, but who's got us? I got it. 
All right. Thanks, Mark. Father, just thank you for the few minutes you've had here this morning to talk about how can we expand your vision in FCA through hiring the right people. And just thank you for the, the people you have raised up in the last few years, a lot of people and every one of them is kingdom minded and driven and determined and has a dedication to stick it out, even when it's tough. And we just thank you that you're a God that is always with us when it's tough. And we, we pray that as we move forward, as we start looking for hiring plans for, for our specific areas, that you will help us to have the eyes that we need to have, the ears to hear with, what we need to, what we need to see and what we need to hear um, to expand your kingdom through this wonderful ministry in our area. Give us that sight and that insight. Bless us the rest of this day, and uh, may we glorify you in it. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Love serving with you all. Have a great day.